been lounging, lounging with Skipper. <laughs> You've been lounging, lounging with Skipper. Tuned in to a thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Lounging with Skip. Um, been doing this right now, I believe this is uh, episode 24. Um, I'm sitting here right now, man, with you know a, a guy from the Midwest, you know, moved out here to pursue his journey and and to enhance on his passion and see where his career can go in the entertainment field. Um, you know, he, this man right here is an actor. He's a comedian, funny guy. He goes by Ricardo Flanagan. Yeah. What's bro. going on, brother? What's going on, man? How you doing, bro? Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. All to the good, all to the good. I'm glad you was able to come through and lounge with me. You know no, what I'm no saying? No problem, anytime. Um, anytime. I was, uh, I'm, I'm curious because, first off, I want people to just, you know, no like background as far as how we met. Okay. Um, so one of the barbers I work with by the name of OJ, uh, Ricardo would come in, and I can kind of tell like his vibe kind of reminded me of somebody from the crib, but like somebody that's like cracking jokes. But you could tell he ha he you know he's a storyteller, and that uh, he has a certain kind of personality about about him that has a stand up comedian kind of vibe to him. So I and I noticed that, and I noticed when he was coming in, um, you know, just being able to talk about different shows that he was on and things like that, and that kind of like that interested me, you know, and that brought brought my piqued my interest mm. because of the fact that you were involved in TV and film, yeah. and I am as well. Yeah, and so I was interested in what it was, and so um, we happened to have uh, an episode of Shameless on. Yeah. And there he was. Um, <laughs> wow. Also on uh, what's uh, the Carmichael show. Yeah, yeah. And yep. He was on that too. So I said, this is a brother that I need. Once I started the podcast, I was like, in due time, I'm going to set that up, make it work. Yeah. We've been talking about it for the past, you know, what, three months, two yeah. months. Yeah. And now we're here. We're here. Here we are. So so let everybody know, man. So so, so where you from? What's... Oh, man, I am from the east side of Cleveland, Ohio. Mm. Uh, born and raised, man. Lived there. For twenty plus years, you know what I'm saying. Um, so, what were you uh, like a funny baby and shit? You know what? It's crazy because <laughs> everybody always like has that story of like people saying you were funny. People always did say that I was funny. Like, I remember when I discovered I could entertain people. Mm. I used to, uh, this lady named Darlene Hall. She used to babysit me, right? Mm. And uh, she was real good at babysitting. She was almost like a a, a daycare within herself, you know what I'm saying? I don't know if she even really ran a daycare. I don't know if I was even in it. I don't know, but she was like a real dope babysitter, you know what I'm saying? So she used to plan events for like the kids and stuff to do, you know what I'm saying? During, during the time of when she was, you know, babysitting you. Yeah, yeah, she was like, little, like she had us do talent shows and stuff, you know what I'm saying? And like, <laughs> I don't even know why I did this as a kid, but it was just like uh, an innate natural thing mm. that I did, but she would like, play music, right? Mm -hmm. So I would stand there while the music was playing and I would just make faces. <laughs> <laughs> while the music was playing? While the music was playing. During the lyrics, I would just make these weird, funny so you weren't, faces. So you weren't mimicking the song? Nah. You were just making weird, funny faces? Making, twisting and contorting my face. To the song? To the song. So like, what song would it be? 
like if they'll play a, a like a Run DMC song, because mm. uh, she would be monitoring it, because she is, she was Joe Witness, so mm. she would monitor the uh, music to make sure it wasn't any cussing in it. Because her sons wanted to, you know, you you in the hood, you know what I'm saying? You black, you grew up in the hood, of course. You, the music you gravitated to mm. was rap, you know what mm. I'm saying? Mm. But we Christians, so you know, uh, rap music is like, oh, you know, don't touch that. But so she would monitor it to make sure it was appropriate, mm. and. Uh, while it was playing, I would just be making little faces at them, you know what I'm saying, scrunching my face up, and they would be laughing so hard. Really? I remember, yeah, uh, I remember Brian, her son, because we had did a dance routine to parents just don't understand, mm. right? And uh, I was, man, I was super young too, damn, I think mm. about that. But like, uh, he was like, man, you don't even got a dance. He's like, man, we should just. Play the song and just let you make faces. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And that always struck me when he said that. That really struck me. Mm. Like, like yo, like, like really, you really would just let me stand here and make faces, and you guys would laugh at that? Yeah, like, and they was laughing hard too. Like, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And, and and like that was a moment where I kind of knew that I could hold people's attention. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? As a, as a young dude. And but how old were you during this time? Man, I couldn't been any more than six years old, probably mm -hmm. seven years old. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, okay, so in grade school, were you like the cat that was cracking jokes? Were you the one that was getting laughed at? Like Definitely getting laughed at. Okay. Because my mom was a single mother, you know what I'm saying? So I'm wearing pro wings from Payless. Mm. I'm wearing attack forces, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, uh, barely cool clothes. I'm skinny, funny looking dude, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, bro, like I was getting made fun of, you know what I'm saying? Like. Girls ain't like me all like that, you know what I'm saying? Or they just be like, ugh, Ricardo, ugh. You know what I'm really? saying? Yeah, oh yeah, bro, for sure, like yeah. This was in junior high? No, this was in like elementary. This oh. was my whole school career damn near to uh. like late mid high school, you know mm. what I'm saying, when I, when I changed, but like. Mm. But like, okay, but like junior high, grade school. All of that like struggle, bro, like just uh. like getting made fun of, you know what I'm saying? Cause also too awkward, cause I was awkward because I was really trying to, like, I always felt different, you know what I'm saying? Because I was trying to find where I fit in the streets and still trying to follow my religion, you know what I'm saying? Because I was kind of devout about that because my mom was real devout, you know what I'm saying? And, like, uh, I really dug it because of the, the, the knowledge I learned from reading the Bible and stuff and, like, all the... Now, for those for those that want to know, what religion? Uh, I, I, I grew up uh, Jehovah's Witness. Okay. Jehovah's Witness. Okay. So, like... Uh, that that's a religion where you study a lot, you know what I'm saying? So I, that's all I was doing. I wasn't even really coming outside. Like I was, well, okay. So here's the here's the here's the crazy part. So I was super like thugged out as a kid. Though. Mm -hmm. Like I was a real badass dude. As a matter of fact, the reason why I ended up staying with Darlene Hall was mm -hmm. because I was running the streets. Mm -hmm. My mom was left me at home okay. by myself. So I was about actually yeah, I was five or six okay. when that hit because. Uh, I, my mom, well, my mom, I could tell you the incident that did it. So I used to sneak out and go to the store. It was a store down the street that had this double dragon game. And I used mm. to love video games, right? Mm -hmm. So I would save up quarters that people gave me. You mm. know what I'm saying? So I had like four, five dollars of quarters, mm. man. So I knew what time my mom would come home. I knew what time she would call. You mm. know what I'm saying? So she used, after she would call and check in, see what I was doing. I uh, <laughs> I snuck down to the store and I'd be playing Double Dragon for like mm. a couple hours and I'd run to the crib, you mm. know? So How old was you doing this? Uh, five, about oh, five. Damn. 
Five years old. Yeah, yeah, I was, yeah, I was, I was wild, bro. Like, I used to, I used to, uh, like it, it started at the video game. Okay, you know what I'm saying, like going in there and then running straight back home. But then it ended up with me seeing friends that I knew from, like being around the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying. So I'm over there playing house, playing basketball. I'm ripping and running the streets, bro. Just having a blast. At six, seven years old. Yeah, five, like five or six, probably six. Dang. You know what I'm saying, like. Just wild, bro. Like having a man, I was having the time of my life, bro. Man. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking like just going playing basketball. I'm ripping, running. I was, man, I was wild, dog. I was wild. You know what I'm saying? By nature, I'm wild. You know what I'm saying? So uh, then my mother, one day, I didn't go to the store. I had actually went out to go get the mail because I knew the mail was coming. For some reason, when you were a kid, getting the mail is special and shit. So, you know, I went out to get the mail. But I made a mistake and locked the door, mm. the big door, mm-hmm. so I couldn't get back in. And mm. I was on the porch and the phone rang and it was mm. my mother. Mm. And I didn't answer. Mm. And so she called back again, I didn't answer. But you could hear the phone ring. I could hear the phone ring. And I'm sitting on the porch like, no, you know. But so. So what happened after that? Instead of, this is this is where I messed up. Because mm-hmm. instead of just sitting on the porch, mm-hmm. Away from my mother. You went over to a friend's house. Man, I started running the streets mm. like a dumb. Because I had them quarters in my pocket. Mm. So I hit the store. I was like, well, fuck it, you know, might as well. So I hit the store. I, I started running the streets. And I, I ran, uh, I was on my way back home, actually. And I saw this girl named Marlena who uh, lived around the corner from my mom. And her, her mother and my mother was friends. And uh, she was like, Ricky, get your little butt home. Your mother worried sick about you. My mom got home. Mm-hmm. Little did I know, she been calling around. Have you seen Ricky, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So I got back home. She was sitting on the porch crying. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And when I, when I walked up, I'm like, hey, mom. And I told her, I was like, I got locked out the house. She was crying, you know. She hugged me, man. And I was like, oh, man, everything cool. Man, she took me in the house and whooped my ass. <laughs> so why was she crying? She was crying because she didn't know where I was. Mm. Nobody knew where I was, mm. but I finally showed up. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And like, man, she was so happy to see me. She cried, hugged me so hard, and took me in the house and whooped my ass. Okay, so basically she uh, was crying because she was about to, because she, she pretty much was about to whip your ass. Yeah, so it's probably was, her basically saying, I'm, let me cry now because I'm about to whoop this, this boy's ass. <laughs> yeah, she got all the fear and the tears out. And she was like, I'm going to definitely whoop his ass if he show back up. But she didn't know where I was, so she didn't know if I was going to show back up. Okay. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, that that was like, yeah. In hindsight, you a kid, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you ain't think about other people's feelings like that. You just like, oh, I'm going to go rip and run. But, yeah, like, so, you know, she was worried. Okay, so... You never, so in junior high, high school, you was pretty much just trying to like fit in with the crowd. So by you being laughed at, did that force you to say, you know what? I need to be able to lash back out and crack jokes and be able to Joan and yeah, all that type of most stuff. Most definitely. And that's where you started doing that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like it. I remember being on the bus and like uh, I had the whole bus rolling from people ranking me and then I would rank them. So pretty much when she came, when you when you when you walked up to the house, she was crying because she pretty much was gonna whip your ass. Yeah, basically like I, I this is my baby, but I gotta tear him up, to let him know I ain't playing. You yeah, know? yeah. So yeah. that's exactly what happened. She hugged me for a minute, mm-hmm. and she took me in the house and told me down. You know what I'm saying? So by you, you know, junior high, high school, and all that grade school, you getting laughed at. Did it ever 
you know, by you getting laughed at so much that you had to turn around and be with a joan on other people? Yeah, yeah, for sure, definitely. Like, uh, get made fun of for what I'm wearing or, you know, how I look or, and I was a snotty-nosed kid too, mm -hmm. so you know what I'm saying? Like, I had to deal with that. Uh, yeah, people was talking crazy kids. For real? Yeah, people used to come at me sideways, but I always retorted back. Like, I wasn't never really, uh, I didn't take much lying down, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I can't, I used to, yo, I used to, I used to go hard. Like, I've been going hard since a kid. Like, I, I remember being on a bus, getting dropped off, and we had a whole ranking session from, because we got bus to the west side. This was in, you know what I'm saying, probably fourth grade, mm -hmm. something like that. And um, uh, so we would come back, and then like, people would be ranking me, and I ranked them back. We had a whole rank session. I remember one time, I was getting off the bus, and Miss Johnson, she used to, I used to make Miss Johnson laugh so much. Like Miss Johnson loved me, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like because she would always be laughing at me, you know what I'm saying? And so she would let me. Like I was like, all right, all right, yo, hold up. And I don't even remember what I said, but I said something. I leveled the whole bus and I walked off. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. This was like, yeah, like fourth grade. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you was doing that shit in like fourth grade. Yeah. So out there, they y'all y'all say ranking. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So right. St. Louis would be like Jonah. Yeah, okay. I call it Jonah. Okay. Um, was there any comedians that you looked up to that you used to watch back then? Nah, man, because... Because you were Jehovah's Witness, so you didn't really watch a lot of TV. You know what I'm saying? Didn't, like, all I, all I would see is, like, like Martin or, like, uh, Arsenio Hall. You know what I'm saying? Or the Arsenio Hall show. Yeah. So you, were, you weren't exposed to going and seeing Hall of Nights or coming to America. Bro, it took me forever to see House Party, bro. Dang. It took me forever, like years after. You know what I'm saying? For real? Yeah, bro. Like I barely saw Coming to America mm. uh, because my mother wouldn't let me watch it because mm. I was too little. And like, mm. I, hindsight, watching the movie is nothing. It's literally nothing in there. Mm. But and it, and also, okay, so like they had a VCR, which was a big deal at that time. Yeah. And like, uh, they was they had the TV version of the movie. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So she tripping on the TV version of the movie. Mm -hmm. So I finally saw the real movie like years later. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But I didn't get a chance to get those influences young. Uh, but then like when I was on punishment, like the only thing I could do is go to the library and get tapes or like CDs. You know what I'm saying? So I, I did get a Martin uh, album. What album was that? Uh, that was the... Uh, you saw crazy? Mm-mm. Oh, because that was a movie. Yeah, no. So you never went and saw the, the stand-up You Saw Crazy movie? I didn't see that till years later. Wow. I, I, but I remember listening to a Martin album mm -hmm. and enjoying it. Like, I would be going to sleep. Like, the same way I listened to The Chronic, mm -hmm. uh, I listened to The Chronic in bed mm -hmm. from beginning to top to bottom. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? I listened to Doggy Style in while bed. You was going, while I was going to sleep. Going to sleep. And it was like listening to a movie. You know what I'm saying? And then, like... Martin was the same shit. Like I could literally felt like I was there. I would be in the bed, eyes closed, mm -hmm. about to doze off, but like I was half sleep, half woke listening to Martin. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like mm -hmm. kill the crowd. These people laughing. He's saying all kind of stuff. It was an album uh when he was on the cover, like, you know, with his okay. arms off, stuff like that. It was yeah, it was so long ago, but man, I remember going to bed and listening to that stuff. So so when did uh Okay, so things begin to change for you mid high school time, late high school. What was it that changed? 
Oh man, so I had got a job so I could afford to buy my own clothes. And that's and you know, my mom had got married when I was ten, so like that struggle of because my they wouldn't buy me school clothes, but my dad was seeing money to buy school clothes. So like I started dressing a little bit better, but those clothes would be worn out by the time middle of the school year. The tennis shoes, the new tennis shoes. Mm -hmm. Cause you know, you know how it is, you go to school clothes shopping, yeah. you come first half of the school yeah. year fresh in the motherfucker, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But then like first, first first few months, first couple months. Fresh. You know what I'm saying? I'm fresh. Then, right. Then them then a few months of roll past and I ain't as fresh as the rotation. Mm -hmm. the, I got the clothes in the rotation, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So I got these corduroy jeans. I wear these Monday and Wednesday, you know what I'm saying? I got the regular jeans, I wear them Tuesday and Thursday. Then Friday I come with the other jeans. And, but my routine is known, cause you know what I'm saying? Now I'm getting made fun of, cause right, I ain't right, got- Right, because, because basically being, you, it's an everyday thing you at school, so kids, you know, they don't give a shit. Nah. They saying whatever's on their mind. Yep, and you know and they, they all start, you know, start noticing. Yeah, they, they and their parents looking out for them, like their parents buying them brand new clothes, you know what I'm saying? Shoes, and like, you know you broke when you only go to school clothes shopping one time for the year. You know what I'm saying? Like, it ain't a first few months of school, then the middle of the school year closed in. You know what I'm saying? New shoes come out, oh, I'm getting these. Man, I ain't had no hopes of getting no Jordans. <laughs> right, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> like, they'll be talking about new shoes coming out, and I'll just be sitting there, really? What, what are they gonna look like? Oh man, they come to school, y'all. And I'll be like, they come to school, and I'm like, yo, them dope. Like, you know what I'm saying? Chopping it up. Cause see, the thing about me was, uh, I was bummy, but I was always cool with the dudes who wasn't bummy. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, so even like they made fun of me too, and they ostracized me. The girls definitely ostracized me. You know what I'm saying? Cause I wasn't dressed like them. I had my hair cut like them. You know what I'm saying? Like my mom used to. Cut my hair like with a scissors, bro. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? So what year was this? Oh man, I know it was like the '90s, like uh, yeah, yeah. I know I was in. Was Pac still alive? Uh, yeah, dead. I think Pac was actually establishing himself when when I was little. You know what I'm saying? Like Pac, like Juice. I didn't see Juice till years later. You know what I'm saying? So like, but that Juice came out in my childhood. You so, know what I'm saying? Right. So tell me this. Okay. So boom, you graduated from high school. When did you graduate? I graduated in, in two thousand and one. You graduated from high school in two thousand one? Yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Two thousand and one, you graduating. Yeah. Now what? Now I'm working in a barbecue. Now tell me hold on. Now the first job that you had when you were trying to buy your own clothes, what job was that? At the barbecue. Okay. Cause when I was I was a, about twelve years old. Um, and a guy named Virgil Whitmore, we call him Butch, he came up to me when I was at the Kingdom Hall one day. He was like, you don't do nothing, do you? And I said, what you mean? He said, you don't work, do nothing. I said, no. Nah. He was like, I'm going to talk to your mother. So he talked to my mom, and next thing I know, I'm waking up on a, sat on a Saturday at 4 in the morning, and this dude coming to pick me up, take me to his barbecue, you know what I'm saying? Yo, yo, that dude changed my life, man. Mm. Because that dude kept me out the streets. Because mm. I definitely was like attracted to the streets. Because mm. you, you know wanted more. 
I wanted more. He was tired of looking all bummy. He was tired of being looked at like what's called. You you saw how easy it was to possibly yeah. get involved in the streets and get it popping, you know what I'm saying, and get that quick money yep. and not be ostracized anymore and not be looking bummy and yeah. be fresh to death. And now you just graduated from high school, so it's a whole new you, oh, no. a whole new swag, a yeah. whole new vibe, and yeah. you finna take it there. Yeah, finna get okay. You know what I'm saying? That's where, I, that's where I'm at mentally, but here's the kicker. Here's why that didn't happen. So I, when I graduated high school, I was living in the basement of a lady who, who his daughter, Virgil Whitmore's daughter. Mm. I was living in her basement because I had got kicked out the year prior. So I graduated school a year late. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I was at school. So you was a bad kid. I don't, you know what? Okay, so here's why I got kicked out. I got kicked out because my mom, when my mom got married, she married a dude who was an alcoholic, you know? And so they would get into arguments all the time, you know what I'm saying? And when, I, when, when, when your environment is peaceful, and then here comes somebody disrupting that environment mm. and like making your mom cry, like you hearing your mother cry on a regular basis, mm. you know what I'm saying? Like nobody's going to take that lying down, you know what I'm saying? Mm. And so I used to always step to him about my mom, you know mm. what I'm saying? Like I never really, like I, I bust in their room while they arguing, I'm sick of y'all arguing, you know? Mm. Or like, you know, I remember one time, man, uh, my mom, was leaving right so my little brother uh she was taking him you know so she told me to hold his hand while she went and got the car warmed up so i was holding his hand and then his father came in and he was like let go of his hand i was like no nah. my mom told me to hold his hand he said i said let go so he reached and he touched my hand and when he touched my hand i grabbed him to him to the ground you know what i'm saying i was like no don't, don't put your hand on me you know and my mom came in, grabbed my little brother, and dipped, you know what I'm saying? Left me there fighting this dude, you know what I'm saying? And uh, Her husband? Yeah. Dang. You know what I'm saying? And, and how old was you then? Uh, shit, I was probably maybe 15, Dang. 14, 15, something like that, you know what I'm saying? And, um, yeah. It's that's, that's interesting, like, you know, you putting it like that, because, you know what I'm saying? Like, my stepson, like, he's 14. Yeah, about to be 15. Yeah. So it's things like that that kids don't forget. Yeah. And so you, you know, as the male of the household, you gotta, you know what I mean? You gotta, you gotta be yeah. that, um, not father figure, but yeah. that role model, so to speak, to show, to guide him, to show him how to be a man in the house. Yeah. And so at that particular point in your life, you seeing this man treating your mother a certain way, how your mother was feeling, and that made you, no matter what, just disrespect, not even respect what that man was even on because of yeah. how he was treating your mom. Yeah. And he's coming home, he's drunk every day. All the time. Yeah. Big ass arguments, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. He just do what accuse her of stealing his tools. Ooh. And it's like, what was she doing? What was she do with the tools? Was she fixing something? My mom ain't fixing nothing, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, just like, yeah, it's just con constant conflict. And we, you know, he would, I told him he was stupid a couple times. Like, I just really kind of, you know, didn't respect how he acted. You know what I'm saying? Because I had, I had respect for him, but when he started acting like that, I didn't respect that. And he had zero desire to change. You know what I'm saying? And like, good. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just wasn't like, I, I just, it's hard to deal with. So, 
But see, he turned her against me. Man, there's a whole other time. Yeah. But you know what's funny? Yeah. I'm gonna say funny, but what's interesting? Yeah. The fact that you dealing with that could be the reason that sparks the funniness in you. Yeah, yeah. Because you see the funny in everything, even the downside yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Mm. Matter of fact, when I tell, I try to tell jokes about it, but people, they get so uptight because to them it's so tragic. But to me, it's just really part of life. Like, it's just something that, you know, you go through and you get past. So you can talk about it in a light yeah. fashion. You know what I'm saying? Because... Like my like my old dude, like my old dude, he 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 would he would drink growing up. He was yeah. you know come home and he'd be drunk and shit, and then he pass out on the floor. And then like you know me being junior high, coming home and seeing him passed out on the kitchen floor, I'm like, well shit, I just leave him there. Like yeah, you know my mom wouldn't be there. I think my sister would probably be gone too. So it'd be just me and him there, and I just let him just stay there. And then he'd wake up mad. He'd be like, I'm like, but why are you mad? Who are you? Why are you mad at me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I, yeah. you know, I look at it like he was mad at himself. Yeah. Because he was kind of embarrassed. Yeah. The fact that he passed out on the kitchen floor. <laughs> like, as a, no, tripping off of now as a grown man, if if I had a, you know, 13-year-old son in the house with me and I'm passed out on the fo kitchen floor, I obviously <laughs> would wake up mad too at myself. Yeah. Like, what the fuck am I on? Why yeah, am yeah. I doing this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And why is he just letting me lay yeah. here doing this? Yeah. Feel stupid. Feel yeah. kind of, you know. Yeah. Feel kind of less than. Well, see that dude. Well, see, uh, that guy. He was mad at. He had a lot of anger in him. He was mad at my dad, and he was mad at life. You know what I'm saying? Like, so he was projecting. You know what I'm saying? In mm -hmm. hindsight, you know what I mean? Because like, my dad. The first time my dad met him, he kind of punked him. Because my dad was at that time. You know, my dad is. is street guy, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? So like, he wasn't really, and he was like a hard ass dude, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, it, he wasn't no really like nice, nice guy like that, you know what I mean? But also he was a no nonsense person, but he, the way he came at my dad, my dad kind of responded in kind, you know? Cause mm -hmm. When they first met, I remember, my mom brought, dropped me off over there, he was in town, cause he was in the military, and uh, uh, they, my mom brought Mike, her husband over there, and uh, you know, she's like, "Hey, this is my boyfriend, Mike." And my dad was like, "Hey, what's going on, man? What's doing, bro?" And uh, he was like, "Hey, man." He was like, "We're gonna have to get together and talk about Ricky, man." And my dad looked at him. He said, "What?" He said, "Nigga, that's my son. We ain't got shit to talk about." He slammed the door in his face. You know what I'm saying? Now, in hindsight, was that the best way to respond to that when he was obviously kind of shook of my dad and was just trying to make conversation? You know. But my dad just, you know, nonsense guy, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, my, and my Uncle Lynn had just got out the pen. He was sitting right over there, too. So, definitely didn't want no smoke. But mm -hmm. at the same time, like, that meeting with him, and it's a, it's a couple other instances <laughs> yeah. that my dad would probably get mad about if mm -hmm. I talked about. So, yeah. but, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, he, instead of, the, the best way he responded to my dad was to treat me a certain way. You know okay. what I'm saying? So, so that's what happened in the... In the house. So when it when it came down to it, um, you ended up leaving the house. You was in the basement. I got kicked out. Uh, well, so what happened was, uh, my, I had been with my friend all day. His pops had an aneurysm that day, so we was at the hospital with him. And when we came back, he was stumbling around in the driveway, 
And, you know, he's like, yeah, y'all seen Trina? He was talking about my mom, you know. And I'm like, well, where's my mom at? He was ignoring me. I'm like, hey, wh where's my mother at? He's like, oh, y'all hear something? Because I don't hear shit. And so I was like, oh, okay, I know what's going on. They got into it. So I, I went around the corner. And my mom was over at Ms. Williams' house. And uh, so I was like, man, I'm sick of this dude, man. I think I'm going to have to take this dude. So we go over the house. And I'm going over there to fight him, you know. That was what was in my heart because I was just tired of this dude, you know. But I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to go get my little brother and I'm going to bring him over here. You know what I'm saying? But it, and, and it was, I, it really set an alarm off in me because she left my brother there. Mm -hmm. She would never leave my little brother there. You know what I'm saying? I was her baby. You know what I'm saying? And when I went over there, we got into a shouting match. You know what I'm saying? Make a long story short, he take a knife out. I grabbed his arm. I pushed him. But when I grabbed him, I pushed him. I, I had tripped over this chair because I pushed him in the china cabinet. And when I when I tripped, he had kind of overpowered me and stabbed me. You know what I'm saying? My arm right there. So uh, when, when when he stabbed me, my mom had kicked him off for like a day or something. And then he came back a couple days later. You know what I'm saying? And shit, I mean, at that point, he stabbed you like, yeah. that's it. Like, it's, it's, it's no reason to even. Is he still around? Yeah, they're still married. Oh, okay. And uh, uh, matter of fact, when he came back, we had went to a meeting that night and we came back home. He's like, hey, I need to talk to you. So I'm like, okay. And he's like, uh, do you respect me? I said, no. He said, well, you need to get find a place to stay in. So I left that night. Mm -hmm. I ended up staying in the basement of her house. And um, uh, yeah, that's where I was when I graduated high school. So that that was what led to me being extra bummy that year because I was going through some shit. You know okay. what I'm saying? And like uh, <laughs> when I finally graduated a year later, you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, I was just in a different. I had I had a job. You know what I'm saying? But I was making. I wasn't making the money I should have been making. So okay, so this whole time. Did it ever cross in your mind that you wanted to move, that you wanted to leave? Home? Or? Yeah, home, did you, that you wanted to leave that city, that you wanted to go somewhere new. When did that point come in your life where you said, Much I need later. to move to LA? Much later. Because obviously at this point, you guys going through life, no. certain things that was happening, certain turmoil. Now in the process of all this, were you still maintaining a sense of humor but yeah. you weren't thinking about being a comedian. You were just—it was just your life that you were living. Nah. Okay. Because yeah, I, I, I was, you know, I was—I I was trying to find my way. Like I was trying to dig out the hole. You know what I'm saying? Like I was—I was set back. I was depressed by that situation. I moved forward. Like I had—I uh, got a, a, a good job as I got about maybe I was 19 or 20. I got a job at a call center because of a friend of mine named Mike. Who, uh, and I was trying because I was trying to break away from. Uh, the lady I was staying in her basement, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And, uh, because I saw that she was just trying to mold me into working there forever, and I didn't want to do that, you know what I'm saying? So, like, that, the desire to get out of that barbecue was so strong in me that I, like, started to make, you know, because I always, I've been in different positions in my life where I've always had to make a hard decision, mm -hmm. whether it was going to be stay there or make a move so I can get away and do what I need to do for me. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And, um, that came a couple times in my life. It came with her, cause we had got close, but I saw she was trying to mold me into something that I didn't want to be. Mm -hmm. And so I had to get away from her. Then uh, 
a time came in my life where I had the choice of leaving Cleveland and going to Detroit. And I had to leave Cleveland, you know what I'm saying? So that's, that's what started my journey. When my dad offered me to come with him and stay, you know, and finish school. And where? Uh, in Detroit. Okay. So you left Cleveland and yeah. moved to Detroit. Moved to Detroit. That, what? That's what changed my life. And you went to college? Yeah, I went to college. I, uh, my dad, that was his requirement. My dad, he was like, you got, you got to be in school if you want to come up here and live with me. Mm -hmm. You have to turn things around. Because I think my dad came into town and saw me. And I was definitely like not in a good place. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. He can see that. He can mm. see that. And it was weird because like when I was 18, I went to visit him and I told him that I wanted to live with him. You know, at 18, but it, it just like his circumstances couldn't really uh, afford it. You know, like mm -hmm. he, he was married and uh, you know he had got into it with his, his current wife at that time, and they ended up being divorced. Mm. And um, you know, it just wasn't conducive at that time, but it came back around, you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Like, I think God put it in his heart. Yeah. Because, you know, this is a man who I'd never lived with. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, we always had a relationship, but it wasn't a close, like, you know, he didn't raise me, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So, mm -hmm. um, but he always was in my ear. He was always, go to college, man, you know, what you gonna do, blah, blah. So what, what college did you end up going to in Detroit? Uh, I went to, so I started off at Macomb Community College, and then I went to uh, Oakland. Okay. And then, uh, was that, is, that a, that's, is that a university yeah. or like a, um, Oakland University. A JUCO. It's, okay. it's a, the, the Ju, it's a JUCO, the Macomb is a JUCO. Okay. And Oakland is a university. Okay. And I, I went and finished up there. And you got your bachelor's. Yep. Okay. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you, bro. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. And when did you, when did you get your bachelor's? When, when? Uh, that was 2007. 2007. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So here we are, 2007. Mm -hmm. Still no sign of, no, no thought of being stepping out, being a comedian, or any no, of that. Okay. No, nope, none of that. None. Now keep in mind, keep in mind, people, we're looking at 11 years ago. Yeah. So, what was it in you that sparked you to say, I want to move to LA? Well, I had started doing comedy in Detroit after I had graduated. And what sparked that? What started that? So, my dad was like, yo, you gotta go. You know what I'm saying? Cause like, I'm grown, I'm finished school. He like, man, you gotta get up out of here, bro. I'm like, all right, well, I, was, I found a job in Ann Arbor, Michigan. So I moved over there, but I didn't have anything to do. I saw this poster. Mm -hmm. I said free comedy, I mean, uh, uh, comedy classes, right? While I was in Ann Arbor. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, you know, I don't know nobody in this town. I ain't got nothing to do. I'm gonna take these comedy classes. Cause I had quit rapping to go live with my dad. That was one of the stipulations. So you was rapping? Yeah, As a matter of fact, I had a song on the radio. Uh, okay, so I didn't know you was rapping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I was heavy into it. I had met a dude named uh, uh, Mike Vasquez, he called himself Garbs Infinite, and uh, he was a producer. And we had met through, I think, Mutual Friends, or, so, or he saw me somewhere. Uh, and, uh, cause I would go to places and like freestyle and stuff. It was weird too, because like when I would make, when I would rap for people, they was like, look at me, like, you know what I'm saying? That's you? <laughs> mm -hmm. So, so your uh, song was on the radio in Detroit? No, in, in uh, Cleveland. Mm. In Cleveland, we had did a freestyle called Cleveland Shit, right? Uh, Busta Rhymes had did this song called New York Shit. Mm. And we yeah. took the instrumental, and, and I had a, I got an idea from, uh, it was a DJ, his name was Terry Irvin. Mm. He called me up one day, it was like, hey man, why don't you and Garbs do uh, a remix of this called Cleveland Shit, instead of New York Shit. So, we did it. I ran home, you know what I'm saying? Me and Garth busted it out. We got it to Terry. Terry gave it to Mick Boogie. Mick Boogie played it, and it went crazy, like in Cleveland. You know what I'm saying? Like, it went so crazy that 
uh, Interscope sent some people over there to find out why that radio that record was BDSing so hard. Mm. And it was because we had made that freestyle. Everybody was playing it. Mm. Everybody in the city. So, um, but while doing that, that was one of the that was one of the better times of my life because, like, I had almost like had a hit record. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So, like, in the underground scene, like. It's a great feeling to get like respect in your city. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Now this is when, but you had moved, or this is before you moved. This is before I moved. It's like right before, like before you went your dad. A couple of years before I moved. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So I get yeah, because I actually had uh, I was talking to a, a chick from Atlantic Records named Brandy, mm-hmm. um, and another dude that I met named Reza. He was from Interscope, and I was kind of getting friendly with them, almost to the point where if I had a finessed it correctly, I probably could have got a deal. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But, uh, matter of fact, our, uh, a dude named Powell, he had he had actually she had called looking for hot artists, and he gave her my number. Mm. And so yeah, that was like almost had a deal, but mm-hmm. it didn't. It, it wasn't meant, I don't think, because I mean obviously. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because my dad, well, my right. It's funny because right around that time is when my dad made that offer, mm. and he said I, he, I was like, so am I gonna have to quit rapping and stuff? He's like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I was like, okay. Because I had put everything, put everything down and, and finished school because that's what he, he wanted me to have a degree, you know. And um, So you out there staying with him. Yeah. He's like, you okay, you got to do something. Yeah. So yeah. what, now you're like, man, I need to. So you start doing, you say you start taking comedy class. Took a comedy class uh, and, I, and it just fit me. Like the, the moment I learned comedy, it was like, it was like the, the young boy with making the faces. Yeah. That part of you kind of came back out. Now, as an adult, research you're like, like, man, this feels the same way it felt. Like, I feel the same way I feel felt when I was making those faces as a kid. Yeah, immediate, mm. immediate, bro. Like, when I, I started, uh, I started going to open mics because the class was cool, but like, I wasn't really learning anything. In the it's class. like it's like reading a book versus getting out there and doing it. Yeah, you know what I mean. And like, when I started doing it. People were responding to it immediately. And like, uh, I was like, oh shit, I think I found something, you mm. know what I'm saying? So I kept working, I kept going off the mics, like it just became part of my life. I put everything to the side and focused on it, you know what I'm saying? And So you would work, but still go to open mics? Still go to open mics and like, then I would regularly start. Then one time I did, uh, this guy named Roger at the Ann Arbor Comedy Showcase, for he, he said he saw something in me from the beginning. And um, he started letting me host shows. Mm. So I'd do five minutes up front, 10 minutes up front, mm. then bring up the feature, mm-hmm. then bring up the headliner, you know what I'm saying? Like I learned comedy on a professional level. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Cause like when you do comedy in the hood, it's just like you go up, do your time, you the host and you gotta do time in between each act. Mm-hmm. But professionally, you do your time then just bring up the next act, keep mm-hmm. the show going, you know what I'm saying? So it was a difference. I learned the difference between mainstream comedy and underground comedy. You know what I'm saying? And, and uh, I, like it was the response I got, and literally the I started working in comedy. Mm. Probably like a couple years in. You know mm. what I'm saying? Like going around to different clubs. Uh, I went to a club called Joey's in Livonia, Michigan, and the booker there she booked me to feature. Mm. She saw me at an open mic. And okay. Booked me to feature. She gave me a feature date which was a 30 minute set, right? So that was my first 30 minute set. So she gave me 
four months to prepare for it. You mm. know what I'm saying? So I had to work hard to get 30 minutes of material. Mm. So that's what got me going to open mics more frequently. I started getting insane about writing my jokes. You know what I'm saying? And that's where I really learned the craft. So it was almost like the universe just put me on my path right when I got out of my dad's house. You know what, mm. what I'm saying? And and I've been doing comedy ever, ever since. since. Yeah. And that was 07. That was 07. That was 07 to uh, probably like uh, 2012, mm-hmm. and then 2013, I moved out here mm-hmm. to LA. You know so for them five years, you was doing your thing in the city, for sure. Definitely building your name up. Yeah, like 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 people showed me love uh, immediately. Like Mike Bonner, who was a uh, a comic in from Detroit, he was like one of the most famous comics ever from Detroit. He like saw me and took me. He started. I I went to a, did a church show with him. He started taking me around. He used to book this spot in Southfield, Michigan. It was like a, a real hood club, and it was like a, it was a, a restaurant, a restaurant and bar, you know what I'm saying? It was real popular. Like, I bombed there, I did good there, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was all like everything I needed, all the whole education, you know what I'm saying? Like, I remember distinctly, there's a chick named Shaney D. I had, I had bombed real bad the previous show, right? So we had two shows that night. <laughs> and she was talking to me, and she was like, okay, well, you know, comedy takes two things. And he's like, this is what you're gonna need. A lot of prayer and practice, mm-hmm. but a lot of prayer mm-hmm. because I had did so bad mm-hmm. that she was just like, "Yeah, you need to go back to the drawing board." And mm-hmm. I'm very thankful that I bombed because it showed me, like, first of all, you got to go in with full confidence. Like, you can't go on stage timid in front of any crowd. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's where I kind of was. Like, I was trying to impress. And I was timid. I wasn't really who I was supposed to be. But me and Darius Bennett, who was another guy who did it with me, we both bombed that day. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because they just wasn't on it. Mm-hmm. What we was talking about. You know what I'm saying? But then I did good the next show. Mm-hmm. But it didn't matter because that the, the the feeling of bombing earlier mm-hmm. was stuck with me. Mm-hmm. The ride home, that's all I'm thinking about. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, I bombed, bro. Like, like I was awful. You know what I'm saying? Why well, was I awful? What, what, what's wrong with what I'm saying? So I just continue to write and just try to go around and get better. I start going to different rooms, you know what I'm saying? And really just expanding it and it, just doing it so much, um, really kind of, I got into the routine and it felt the same way it felt when I was rapping, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Cause I had made like a bunch of material rapping and it, it felt natural, but I was still in a bad place in Cleveland cause I was still trying to go to the hall. I was still trying to like, you know, uh, straddle the fence per se. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really fully dedicated rap wise. You know what I'm saying? Like, I could create, but like I wasn't. I didn't feel loose. I did. I, you know, I definitely wasn't uh, the artist I should have been. Mm-hmm. And and I, that's why I want to make music again because I I think now I'm in a better place where I could really focus on it. You know what I'm saying? So, boom, 2012. You said? Yeah. You came out here. What month? Uh, 20, 2013, 2013. I came out in. Uh, the summer, of, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, it was the summer, so I want to say June, June. So you've been out here five years? Yeah. Does it feel like five years? No. Does it feel longer or shorter? Shorter. Feel like, like, it, like, it, like it flew. Like it, like I just got here. Still, I still see shit that's new to me here. You know what yeah. I'm saying? This is a big place. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And I had to li- really adjust to life here. Like I had yeah. to learn. Did, did, did you drive here? Or did you I drove here. You okay. drove here. I packed up a, a 2002 Ford Taurus. Okay. 
all my stuff up in there. You know what I'm saying? And I, I, I hit it. Like, I went. Was folks back home like, man, you ain't, nigga, you ain't going nowhere and all that was. Was people excited for you that you would leave here? Uh, you know what? Um, a lot of cats that I grew up with, they didn't really know what I was up to or like that. You know what I'm saying? Like a few, like I went, I went back home and told them, like my homeboy P, he was always encouraging about it. He's like, yeah, yeah, you know, go do your thing, you know? But I don't know if in the back of their mind, they was like, he ain't, he'll be back. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. they never told me don't do it, you know what I'm saying? They always just like, go do your thing, you know what I'm saying? Or just like, I had, I had, and as a matter of fact, some of my childhood friends, I had kind of, we had lost touch and we weren't really associating all like that, you know what I'm saying? Because people get busy, you know what I'm saying? My homeboy Drake, who was my best friend I grew up with, he went to the army, you know what I'm saying? And my homeboy Perez, he was just all in the streets doing whatever, do whatever, and we just never connected like that. When I had left to go to Detroit, you know what I'm saying? He had kind of uh, took it personal, you know what I'm saying, so we hadn't really jigged like that, and um, so I didn't really have any detractors, except it was one guy who was a detractor, um, and he was a guy who I had looked up to as a mentor in comedy, um, and he was really trying to discourage me from going, Damn. and why, why do you think that? I, I really don't know, man, I, I think a lot of it had to do with him wanting me to stick around and like cause those were good times we was having fun like I was in Toledo I was going out there hosting those shows Toledo's another place I got my chops and um you know uh you know he would I would, I would go on the road or you know what I'm saying we would, we had got close you know what I'm saying I, I guess he kind of uh may have took it personal, you know what I'm saying? Like that I was breaking up a good thing that we had, you know what I'm saying? And also, because he started acting so weird, bro, like we had got into it as a matter of fact. Uh, that's kind of what, like our, our relationship ain't even really the same today because I had a situation where uh, I was working at the club and I was staying in a hotel across the street, right? Now I was in an expensive hotel and, you know, unless the people hook you up, like you don't really, you know, get a room. So I had the uh, the other guy, the other general manager, got me a room, but he told me not to tell uh, the other general manager. So yeah, we had gotten a situation where they was both in the same room at the same time, and she asked me where I was staying at. Yeah. So I made up a lie of you know where I was staying mm-hmm. because the dude was in the room yeah. and he was standing back there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I was kind of stuck in a rock and a hard place. Like, am I gonna front on this dude? you know, who hooked me up, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Or am I gonna tell this lady who's nice to me too, or hooked me up a lot too, but I can't just put my man out there like that, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So I was like, I, I just lied to her, you know what I'm saying? He took it personal, like I lied to him. Mm-hmm. And when I went back to her and apologized, and she accepted my apology, but he he started like, you know what I'm saying, talking down on me to other people and stuff like that. So that kind of like, that was like my main detractor, you know what I'm saying? And, so, so you moved out here. Yeah. Um, how was it? You know, did finding a job? Did you find a job? Did I you start <laughs> working? Like, how did all that go about? Uh, so, I when I came out here, I was crashing on the couch uh, of a comedy named Mike Malone. He was, he had just moved there not too long ago. Too, they had a nice little studio in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And so they let me crash on the couch for like two weeks while I tried to find my way. Mm-hmm. And I was like, 
You said so. So he's a comedian out here. Yeah, he's a comic too. Mm-hmm. I, I had met him actually in Michigan, mm-hmm. and we have been on the road together a couple times. Like I knew him pretty well. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? As a matter of fact, shout out to Mike Malone too, man, because he actually just a house set for him in Koreatown, and he actually is one of the people who helped me realize why I need to live in mm-hmm. close to Hollywood now. Gotcha. So, gotcha. Um, yeah, but he had, I crashed on their couch or their air bed actually for like two weeks. Mm-hmm. And so I was walking around, putting my applications in, places, my resume online, and the lady had called me. Mm. And um, I got an interview at this place in Chatsworth, California, called National Notary Association. So I, I got, I nailed the interview. I got the job in, in like two weeks. So, but I was sleeping in my car because the two weeks was up with them. Mm. So I had to pack my shit and leave, you know what I mean? And so I was on Craigslist looking for a place. And that's where I found the place that I live at now mm. for the next month. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, so, how long was you sleeping in your car? Uh, let's see. Yo, that's crazy. Like, it was a good, good four months, as a matter of fact. You were sleeping in your car for four months? I was sleeping for, for, for two of the months I was. Mm. So, I was finding places to park, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Yo. One time. Not, so, so, left foot? No, go ahead. Go ahead. One time. Oh, well, one time I was in Burbank. I was sleeping in, the, you know, the mall in Burbank? I think so. Uh, so, it's a Flappers Comedy Club right there on the corner. Yeah, I think And then so. right across yeah. the street, it's like a P.F. Chang's. Uh-huh. And it's the next to there's a Sears, all the big mall. So, I was sleeping in that parking structure, bro. I tried to, one day I tried to sneak up in the, uh, in the mall and, and like go in the bathroom sink, you know, do a little wash up, yeah. whatever, like a little homeless yeah. bird bath. Yeah. And the motherfucking security guard walked in on me, mm. you know what I'm saying, while I was bird bathing, you mm. know what I mean? And like, that was one of the most embarrassing moments of my life right there. Cause he was just like, oh, you gotta get the fuck out of here, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 I definitely. Uh, so you were sleeping in your car for two months? Two months. Riding around, finding places to park and, and had a job too, you know what I'm saying? So. After, because I was stacking my money up, so after two months uh, sleeping in my car and not really being able to like, you know, take that, I started sleeping at this motel in North Hollywood. It was a Momo, it was a dirty little, you know, little Momo where people come and, you know, they knock down some prostitutes or something and then, you know what I'm saying, or yeah. chop their work up and, you know, hit the streets with it or whatever. Off what street? Uh, Lancashire. Mm. Uh, let's see, that was... That's Lancashire. So you was paying like nightly or? Yeah, a week. It was $50 a night. So I would go get like two, three days. I'd stay over the weekend, you know what I'm saying? Like, just so I could have a place to put my stuff, take a shower, you know what I'm saying? And like. Freshen up and get. Yeah, you know, have it. Like, so I wasn't sleeping in my car, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't like much better. As a matter of fact, it was right next to a homeless shelter. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I. I <laughs> Funny story, I, I had walked out and I had, I was walking in my car and I seen this chick take it, like, okay, so they had a, a, a window in the bathroom, but it wasn't one of those fogged up windows. Mm-hmm. It was like a clear ass window. window. Mm-hmm. And, and the window was in the shower. Mm-hmm. Usually those windows. Yeah. <laughs> she straight there taking a, taking a shower. Taking a, and bruh, when I tell you, she was fine as hell though. <laughs> Damn. Like I'm real. talking like one of the baddest bitches I had ever for seen. For real? And she was in the homeless shelter, bro. She was in there, I'm talking ass titty out every day. Just washing, you know what I'm saying? Was she and black, white, what? Black, black. For real? She was black. She was her she was she was dark skinned. 
I'm talking like, you know what I'm saying? She long ass hair, her long ass hair was wet. And like, I wasn't trying to stare because I'm trying to respect, you know what I'm saying? So this is at nighttime? No, this was in the morning mm. on my way to work. And you walk into your car? I walk into my car. I put my stuff in my trunk because I'm like, I ain't going to leave my bag here. I throw my bag in the trunk. I close the trunk. I look up. Baddest body I've seen in a minute. Just in the window. Just, just taking in the shot. window. Just soaping up, wiping her body. You know what I'm saying? And we, I made eye contact. Mm. And I'm like, I'm sorry, you know what I'm saying? And she looked, she was like, like almost like it was okay. Like, she Man. and I was just looking like, I was like, Man, I gotta get the hell out of here. I'm gonna be late to work, but, but I, I wanted to finesse that situation so bad. But I was just like, this is such weird circumstances. Like, yeah. I can't, I'm like, I gotta, I gotta go. Like, I, so I just like awkwardly like, all right, you know, take well, it easy. Welcome to LA. And she, yeah, she waved, she just waved at me goodbye, like. It was nothing. I'm I, like I'm seeing everything, everything. Damn. And she ain't even care. Like matter of fact, when I got in the car and I'm backing out and I look up at the window, she washing herself in a special place while looking at me in the eyes. And I'm like, oh man, you. So yeah. Now, do you look back at the time like that? Like maybe that maybe you should have hollered at like. I I mean. <laughs> maybe you should have went up to the window like. What's up? Man? You know what I mean? I got the momo right there, but. I was like, you know what? I was like, no, you, because you was on your grind and you you was, you know, you're you're not in a better, you know, in any better of a situation than what she's in. You yeah, know what I mean? Exactly. It's like, this is you're on your way to work. Yeah. You're trying to make your money. Yeah, man. You just, you know what I mean? So, like, I, I, yeah, your I, mind was in a different place. I've had to, like, my mind hasn't been on that in quite some time because I'm really trying to get where I'm going. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like. I can't afford any kind of distractions or right. any kind of roadblocks. You know what I'm saying? That's one of those things where it's excuse me, it seems like that's common out here. Like yeah. you'll be focused on something, but something is, is right there that can distract you from where you're trying to go. Yeah, yeah. And it can even be such little things as that, because let's just say you stood there any any longer, you may have been late to work. Yeah, oh for sure. Cause you know yeah, I mean? I, if I yeah, the way things was looking, like I could have, you could have really like hollered at it or something. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Toward, and you were probably running behind, probably barely making it to work on time as it is. As it, I, you know, I was on my like third occurrence. Right, you know what I'm saying? Right, like, right, right. Yeah, so I just, that right. That is life, and though. You, and you never saw her since. You never, never, never saw her again. Never saw her again. But like, li that's life because life presents you with them traps. Yeah. And those are the decisions you make, you know what yeah. I'm saying, that, that dictate your future. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So now, um, so boom, you started kind of like you started going on auditions and yeah. things of that nature. Did you did you come out here and sign up with central casting? Nah. Becoming, you know, in background or nah, I, I took the long route. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh what changed what okay, so comedy wise, what changed me, what put me in the game really, I did uh Stand Up for Diversity, NBC Stand Up for Diversity. And I wasn't going to do it. It's called it. who? It's uh, Stand Up. It, it's called NBC Stand Up now, mm -hmm. but it used to be called Stand Up for Diversity, okay. which was a, a program that they had to get people of color involved mm -hmm. in, in front of the network because, okay. you know what I'm saying, they were trying to change the, the culture mm -hmm. and add more diversity. So um, I had made it to the finals of that, but that's a crazy story. That was a show. That, that was a... That was a uh, so it was like a cattle call, basically. Like, and I wasn't gonna do it, man. As a matter of fact, because I was at work talking to people, 
And I remember telling him, like, yo, this is, I got this opportunity to do stand-up NBC in San Francisco. I wonder if I should go do it. And he was like, yeah, why the fuck not? You came all the way out here, you know, to do that? So I went up to San Francisco. I took, I had, like, like maybe $200. Mm-hmm. So I bought a ticket, a mega bus ticket up to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Uh, I walked all the way to the downtown area to find this club. I slept outside the club that night. Uh, and slept that, outside the club in what? In, in the street. Damn. I slept like right outside. Uh, it was, the club was in this pavilion. Uh, it's in the financial district in San Francisco. Okay. So, uh, you know, they only taking their first hundred people. Hmm. So thousands showed up. So you gotta find a position in line. Make sure that you there. Because they only taking a hundred people, mm. so I, I lucky for me I was number fifty six. Mm. But I slept outside that club that night. Was other people out there sleeping too? Yeah. Mm. As, as a matter of fact, people was holding spaces for each other, going to Starbucks, getting coffee, coming back. You know what I'm saying? And like I was sitting right where I was sitting, and I wasn't budging. Like I slept right on the ground out there. I woke up that next morning. They came. They started handing out numbers. And I, I got number 56. I went in there and did my three minutes. Then I came and did another three minutes. Then I came and did another three minutes. I made it after to the ground. After sleeping on the floor. After the sleeping on the, the ground the night before. I ended up, as a matter of fact, I ended up making it to the final round, which was the next day. Okay. So I ended up having to stay in San Fran an extra day. Mm-hmm. So I had to walk around and find a place to sleep till Sunday. So I had to find, a, I had to walk through that whole downtown. I found this shitty hotel. <laughs> Yo, this hotel was trash, bro. Like it was an old building, you know what I'm saying? Like the Carter on New Jack City. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you seen that? Yeah. You seen, you seen the New Jack City. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Now when did you see New Jack City when that, after? after years, later. <laughs> years later. Years later. Okay. Not, not when it came out right, at all, right. for sure. So you was up in the spot, boom, okay, new, okay, so then what? Now, San Fran, you there, I'm the there. second day? The second day, I, I find a place to sleep. I go to the club that night, we do the show. Uh, oh, this show was on set. TV? This was on... No, it wasn't on TV. This was at a, the comedy club in front of the executives for NBC. Okay. As a matter of fact, one of the judges actually booked the Tonight Show now. Mm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I made it to that final round. So that final round was a five-minute set. You know mm. what I'm saying? And I, I killed. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I had a good set. And I made it to the finals, which was at the Hollywood Improv. Okay. Out here, and that put me in front of the industry. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And through that, I got on Last Comic Standing. Last comic, Last Comic Standing. Yeah, on NBC. Okay. Yeah. When, now, when did that come up? Uh, that came out in 2014. Mm. I was on season nine. Mm. Made it to the semifinals, so I was on like two episodes. Cause mm. they had cut it down. It used to be like 20 something episodes, but they cut it down to nine episodes because the, the show wasn't as popular as it was previous years. Mm. So they kind of like shaved it down, but like, uh, yeah, I, I made it on that show. And then from there, my agent, my the guy who's my agent now. now how'd you how'd you end up getting that agent? He saw me on Last Comic Standing. Okay. Okay. He was my manager. You see how everything kind of just, yeah. boom, boom, boom. Okay, so he saw you on there and then boom, now he became your agent. Yeah. Then what? Well, he, he was my manager first. Okay, so he became your manager. And then he got hired by an agency and took me with him. Okay. But I made him look good because I had booked a role on uh, uh, 
the uh, the Mick. Mick. Yeah, on the Fox. It was a show this chick had uh, from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. She had her own show called The Mick. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got I booked a part on there playing a security guard mm-hmm. at a baseball game. Mm-hmm. And um, we had a speaking role. Uh, yeah, I had a line. Like, What's going on here? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And uh, now something like that. Do you see residual? Yeah. You do? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, okay. And I, I booked this other show called Walk the Prank, which is mm. a Disney show. Okay. Yeah. I, Walk I the Prank. Like, Walk the Prank. Walk the Prank. It's a prank show. It's like a little kid's prank show. Though. Okay. It's on Disney. I played security guard on, at the school on that. Mm. Um, yeah, speaking of residuals. Yeah, yeah. We'll get, we'll get. Shout out to Disney. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> shout out to Walt Disney Pictures. <laughs> okay. okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Shout yeah. out to them. Yeah. Big shout out. For real? Shout out, yeah. Walt Disney. For, for, for the show, for what show? For, uh, Walk the Prank. For Walk the Prank. Shout out and Walk what the year, Prank. And what year was that? That was last year. Oh, that was last year? No, no, wait, wait. No, I did it. I'm sorry. When I first booked it, that was 2015 okay. when I booked it. Okay. But uh, You was on how many episodes of that? Five. Five episodes? Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Five episodes. So, okay, so... Speaking of residuals, so things, certain things like that. So you booked that your, through your, through you got that yourself, or your agency. Your you, agent you got, got me the audition. The audition, you got it. Okay. Um, the shows like that show in different countries, and you get residuals. Yeah. From that way. Okay. The mix so, too. Okay. Okay. So they can get shown in different countries. Yeah. Okay. Now, um, how did you end up landing the role? You was a security guard on the Carmichael show. Yeah. Too, right? So you was just doing, you've been doing security jobs. Yeah, yeah, I'm a fat black actor. Right, right, right. So mine's to do, do security. Yeah, yeah, that's what you do. If you're a big black dude, mm-hmm. two roles you're gonna play. Mm-hmm. A, a bouncer or, a, uh, you know, a, a cop, mm-hmm. or a, I don't know, just like a scary, menacing person. Well, you know, it, it's different because the role you played on Shameless was neither of those. Yeah, yeah. So how'd you land that particular? That was, that seems to be the biggest one that you... Yeah. Okay, because Shameless is in what season right now? Uh, Nine. Okay. Yeah. And you're in season eight. What? Season eight. How many episodes were you in season Four. Four episodes in season eight. Four episodes, yeah. Okay. Blessing. Huge blessing. So how did you end up landing that role? Well, besides God blessing me. Mm-hmm. Uh, my agent got me audition. He he sent me an email one morning, and he was like, "Yeah, I got you this audition." He said, "But you really need to be prepared for this." So he sent me the sides, and I really looked at the sides, and I learned them. Well, let everybody know what the sides. Oh, are. okay. Uh, for those, who don't, for those know, who don't know, that's the script. That's the lines that they want you to say in the audition. Mm-hmm. So they want the, the character, whatever character you're going for. What you got to be able to respond to the person doing the audition just respond back to them as that character so show them who you think that guy is that person you know what i'm saying so i went and learned those lines by heart like i, I spent a whole day like memorizing them saying them out loud you know what i'm saying in my head like the whole scenario uh of being in the scene with other people mm-hmm. and like so i remember going to the audition it was on a, a warner brothers lot in burbank mm-hmm. yeah i was just there yeah mm-hmm. So you know, you, it's funny, man. It's crazy because I, when I walked on the lot, like, you know how you walk. You got, got the security that, guard right there. Got that security guard right. You know, they got the lunch room over there. I didn't. I wasn't. We were in the trailers. In the trailers, okay. Yeah. So they, well, they got a spot where people go eat lunch, right? Okay. So I'm walking past there and I'm trying to find where I need to go for this audition. Mm-hmm. 
I see Clint Eastwood drive right past me. I'm like, yo, what the hell? So I'm like, yo, I'm in Hollywood, bro. This is crazy. So I'm walking to the trailer. I finally find it. I walk in this trailer, bro. Man, it's 120 people at least. Damn. All for different parts. You know what I'm saying? I'm seeing these big steroided up dudes. You know what I'm saying? And uh, <laughs> I'm seeing these fine, I'm talking fine ass women in there. Going for another role, mm-hmm. and I'm seeing a bunch of dudes who look like me mm-hmm. in there going for the role I'm going for. Mm-hmm. And then I see uh, I, <coughs> this actually made me happy because I saw a bunch of black women in there. I saw like a bunch of dark skinned black women, mm-hmm. and I was like, damn, it's about time they put some pretty dark skinned women on TV, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So um, I was real happy to see that. And then, but I was looking around and I was like, yo. This is like some stiff competition because it, it, it's so many people. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's really what <coughs> makes it hard because you got to stand out amongst all these right. 40 people right. that's going for the same role you're going right. for. Right. So, I went in there. I, I, I put that out of my head. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wasn't even in there tripping. Like, I looked at the lines because, you know, like just the refreshment of my head, but I knew them. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So I went in there and I I did my my lines, man, and like the dude was laughing. It was a it was a dude sitting right over there. He was laughing. The other guy was laughing, and uh, it was a lady looking at me. She just kept saying, you know. And so I was like, well, I didn't think I got the part mm-hmm. at all, uh, but I walked out and I was like, well, I gave it a good effort, you know what I'm saying? And <laughs> a day later, mm-hmm. I got an email. <laughs> and the subject line of the email was fuck yeah it was from my agent <laughs> it, the subject line was fuck yeah mm-hmm. and it said you booked the role we need to confirm these dates can I go ahead and close this and I said fuck yeah <laughs> yeah exactly I'm like I got the part that's, so I, I, that's why I emailed him back I'm like I got the part he was like yes you got the part can I you know, get these dates. I was like, oh, yeah, of course. So, uh, he booked them dates, man. Next thing I know, I started getting calls from wardrobe people. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I started getting calls. Hey, Ricardo, uh, uh, we're going to send you emails and script. You know what I'm saying? I, I got, in my on my Google Drive, I got all the scripts of everything I've ever auditioned for. Mm-hmm. And every part that I've got. Yeah. Um, and I was, I just like, I, I was like, I was like damn. damn. You know what I mean? Like I you just booked the role in the show. Yeah. Shameless. Yeah, like a a major uh, cable network show. Like, and this on uh, Netflix, right? It's on Netflix now. Season eight is on Netflix now. Okay. Uh, but it was on Showtime. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. Right. So they. This is a, so it's still running. They're just gonna start shooting new episodes. Right? And most likely, you're probably gonna be in that too. Hopefully, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Lord willing. Okay, so they that you're in eight. They already did nine. Yeah, they're doing nine right now. Oh, they're doing nine right now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So if my character returns or doesn't return, I'm still in season eight. Mm. And I'm solidified in it. You know what I'm saying? Like it's on my IMDb. You know what I'm saying? You could go on Netflix and queue me up right now. You'll see me in the first three episodes and mm. then episode six. Mm. Yeah. And, and, you see, and you see residual from the, from that too. Not yet, but that's coming. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's gonna be because it's been on Showtime. It's on Showtime, yeah. and, then, and then it goes to Netflix. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Yeah. So, how did that feel? 
you know, knowing everything that you've been through coming out here and just the fact that 10 years ago, prior to that, you weren't even thinking about being a comedian. Now here you are on a TV show, a prime TV show yeah. with a speaking role, with speaking roles in numerous episodes. Yeah. That has not, that's nothing but God. You know what I'm saying? It's nothing but the universe aligning up for you to be able to, you know, keep you moving. It's a reminder to let you know to keep moving. Yep. Keep going forward. Yep. You're in the right place. Yep. Don't stop. Don't stop. You know what I'm saying? No matter how hard it may get. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Sleep in your car. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. All that. Yeah. Here you are. Now, would you look at it as that was your biggest thing to, to land so far? Um, well, I, I just, uh, that was a big one. Uh, I just booked a role on uh, Insecure, mm. which is a show I wanted to get on, and so I'm really proud of that. That's the one coming up? This yes. is the season coming up? Yeah, season coming up. They, that starts this uh, Sunday, I believe. So you're on this? I'm, I'm on one episode of that, mm. uh, that uh, series. What episode? You know? uh, I think it's the last episode of the season. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking role. Yeah, speaking role. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. okay, okay, yeah. okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, okay. Yeah, I got hey, blessed, Congratulations man. on that, Thank man. you, bro. Appreciate it. So you're on Insecure now. Yeah, 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 <laughs> man. Yeah, yeah. That's dope. That's dope. Yeah, that, that's bro, dope. that's so, like, I, I wanted to get on that show, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, because it's a, it's, it's a show created by a black woman. Mm-hmm. Black woman is the head of, you know what I'm saying? It's just I just want to be a part of that, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And, like, just. So how was it when you got that role? That was uh And what role is it? Uh or can you speak about that? I think I can. Uh when does uh you know what? Matter of fact, when does um that that's about to come out, right? Yeah, that's that okay. star Sunday. Okay. Well yeah, yeah, most likely that's when, you know, this Yeah, yeah. I'm on the last episode of the season. Okay. I think it's like a, a few I think it's like an eight episode season. Okay. Eight, nine, something like that. But um, So how'd you get that role? So I got an email. Okay, so this this is the crazy thing because I auditioned for the show three times, three different roles. Mm. Um, and every time I auditioned, I was like, damn, you know what I'm saying, I didn't get it. I, I really wanted to get on that too, man. Like, I really wanted to get on that. And so the first role I auditioned for was uh, a, a crazy role. I played a drunk dude, right? And then the second one was uh, like a like a, a guy who was a work that worked at a property or something like that. Okay. And then the role I ended up booking was a role of a, uh, a restaurant owner. Mm, so okay, so you're you're a restaurant owner. Yeah. Okay. And I get to like it's a nice little I can't give it away, but mm-hmm. it's a nice little exchange I have. My scene is with uh, Issa. Okay. It's, I met her, man. She was super nice, bro. Mm-hmm. It was everything I thought it could be, bro. Mm-hmm. Like Re- Regina King directed the the, mm-hmm. the, the the episode. She directed it. Yeah, bro. Mm-hmm. I got. Like in my lifetime, I could tell my kids that I got directed by Regina King. Mm. Like I had a face-to-face conversation. Yeah. Like I looked in her eyes yeah. and I had to keep my composure. Yeah. Cause she has beautiful eyes. Yeah. Okay. Shout out to Regina King's mm. eyes. Mm. Cause they green. Mm. Beautiful. Her yo, she looked 22. Really? She looked 22. She ain't have on a stitch of makeup, bro. She looked 22 years old. She looked mm. younger than me, bro. Mm. I, I, I and here it was. Here it is. This this woman was two two seven. I saw her on two. I used to watch two two seven yeah, with my I mother. Too. I did too. Saw her on there. And here you are getting directed by her. Never in a million years. Come on, man. 
You know what I'm saying? I'm saying welcome to LA. Yeah, bro. Yeah, like yeah, welcome for real. LA. Welcome to LA. Shout out to God, man. <laughs> for real, you know big shout out to God. You know, man. and not only that, but you stepping out on faith. Yeah. And believing in yourself and saying, you know what, I have to make something happen. I'm gonna go ahead and try this. Yeah. Um, man, well, you know, congrats on that. Um, Thank you, man. To kind of wrap things up, because obviously after hearing all this, people that are listening right now, they're like, man, you went from that to. You know, landing a role on Shameless to Insecure to, you know what I mean? Like, now in stand-up shows and who knows what what next? You know what I'm saying? So, um, to somebody out right now listening, I got listeners, man, and, you know, I got listeners, man, and and all over the the world and all, you know, and to someone listening to this right now. The world is lounging with Skip. Yeah, the world is lounging with Skip. Yeah. Uh, Inspiring, you know, aspiring actors, actresses, yeah. the one that, you know, they may have an interest of something they want to do. What what kind of advice could you give them? You know, what I'm saying for them to, you never know what may happen. They 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 don't know themselves what may happen if they never try. Yeah. So what if they know what it is they want to do but don't know how to just say just to do it and jump out there? What would you tell them to, you know, keep them motivated or have them motivated? Whatever it is that you want to do, be diligent about your craft, for one. Because the most important thing to be is prepared for an opportunity. You know what I'm saying? If you get an opportunity, yeah, the opportunity is cool. But if you show up to the opportunity uh, unprepared, you're not going to get that opportunity. It's going to be a waste of everybody's time, yours and theirs. So be prepared, for one. Secondly, don't put... Get out of your head uh, the results, the success. Mm. Get away from that. Don't worry about that. Because if you really bout your craft, mm. it'll it'll come to you. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Chase what's important. Chase being a part of your craft, but chase, chase what matters, which is you being able to do whatever you need to do. Also, don't worry about what you see other people do. Mm. You see other people do things you want to do, that's fine. You'll get there. There's room for everybody. You know what I'm saying? You ain't got to worry about what other people do. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Also, don't ever give up. Whatever you do, don't ever give up. Also, put yourself in a situation where that's conducive to what you want to do. Because I can tell you from example, from, from, from experience rather, I lived for four years in a place that was healthy for me because I did need to live a normal life a little bit so I can really maintain myself mentally. Mm -hmm. But I should have been living close to Hollywood so I can be around people who are doing the same thing as I am and that I can get in the game more. And, you know, I may have been, I may have done even more. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And I'm very satisfied with what I've done so far, but I'm not, I haven't reached. The level so much more. So much more. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And I can't put my feet up. So mm. whatever you do in this game, don't ever put your feet up. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Keep your feet down until it's time to put your feet up. You'll know when it's time to put your feet up. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But st- keep your head down. Keep working. Stay, Stay focused. Stay home. Stay home. Don't ever, don't get caught up in the glamour or the glitz and, you know, you trying to impress people. And you know, you trying to be lit, you know what I'm saying? You'll be lit when it's time to be lit. Mm-hmm. Don't try to be pre-lit. Yeah. If you you know, if you if you can 
if you can be humble and just live life, but you know, to be diligent about your craft, be about the art, man. You know what I'm saying? Don't be about the results or be about, you know, just being lit. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's cool to be lit, that's fine, but that's childish. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, being, you know, we ain't we I, th- ain't I like, think that comes with just the person and how they mature. Yeah, exactly. I got a question for you. Um, what's a role that you would love to take? I would love, love to act on. My my goal is to play villains in movies. Mm. That's my goal. To play villains. Play villains in movies or a show. Mm. I want to play villains. Like somebody like 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 an evil person. Yeah, somebody who like you know is is is, is crazy. Uh, like psychotic, you know what I'm saying? Or just like wild, you know what I'm saying? Like just a wild villain. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Or like the anti-hero. Okay. I want to play that person. In the movie, okay. You know what I'm saying? Because that's the opposite of who I am in real life. You know what I'm saying? But I understand that element. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I would definitely love to play that person. You know what I'm saying? Or, or be that in movies. Uh, you know, I, I, I want to try to get to the crack to the level of the craft where I can play complex parts, you know right. what I'm saying? And non non uh, stereotypical parts, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But you know, I'll take whatever comes my way and, and try to, you know, bring the best of me to that. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. I definitely and you know uh you know, I definitely would love to do comedic things, you know what I'm saying? Like roles I can be funny in, that's cool too. You know what I'm saying? But I really at the end of the day I wanna try to take my my craft to the next level which would be I think the challenge for me would be to play a believable villain. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. somebody that really sets a movie off. You know what I'm saying? Like if like I like a Joker. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I would love to play something close to the Joker. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. That's that's what I'm going for. Um for for any like directors or you know, anybody out there right now, how can they get in contact with you? Just people that wanna wanna chop it up with you. How can they reach you? Um, you know, Instagram, uh, email. My Instagram and Twitter uh, is the same at Father Flanagan. That's uh F A T A T R F L A N A G N. Uh, G N G N because I had to take the other A off because somebody else took my name. Okay. Um, and you know you can reach me there. Uh, Facebook Ricardo Flanagan. Uh, email Ricardo Flanagan at gmail You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Hit me up, man. Whatever you're trying to do, whatever vision you got, mm-hmm. you know, get at me. I, I'm with it. No stalkers. No stalkers though, please. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I'm I'm from the east side of Cleveland, so I don't really you know play games. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, we I don't have time yeah. also to play any games, so yeah. I'm going to address it real quick and maybe not such a friendly fashion. Mm-hmm. So I would ask that, you know, you keep it keep professional. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Don't bring the villain out of me. Mm. Before it's time. Before it's time. Right. You know what I'm saying? Wait for that to show up on, 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 on TV. Yeah. That's, that's not, why. Not in real life. Yeah, you know, I'd rather keep it there. So I, would, I would appreciate if you allow me yeah. to keep it on screen. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, and yeah. not in real life. So, yeah. uh, nah, man, it, it's it's good to rap with you, man. You know, what I'm saying you coming from the Midwest, I'm from the Midwest. Yeah, right. To just be able to rap with someone else that moved out here with the same type of passion, determination. Yeah. Yeah. No matter what, you try to pursue they 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 goals, their dreams, yeah. and really see themselves succeeding and doing it. What doing what they came out here to Thank pursue. You know God. what I mean? Exactly. Like. That I, I I have to 
take my hat off to that. I have to salute that. You know Thank what I mean? And that's why I wanted to bring you in, you know what I mean, and be able to rap with me and, and lounge with me. You know what I'm saying? For this episode, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate it, brother. So, Ricardo, I appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me, bro. Yes, sir. For yes, real. sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. My pleasure, man. Yes, sir. And until next time, uh, oh, yeah, once again, uh, you all can follow me on Instagram at Lounging with Skip Podcast. That's Instagram at Lounging with Skip Podcast. And uh, just follow me there. Um, hit me up in the DM if you like. And, uh, and until next time, peace.